0: 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you would turn there with me. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when the perfection comes, the imperfect disappears but when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. But now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. And then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is Love. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are here this morning with us in a very real way. Obviously, you're always with us. There is a sense when your people are gathered together. Lord, you desire to meet with not just me, but with us. And I pray that you would speak to us. That you would help me to speak your words. But Lord, I know that you can go beyond that. Because the application this day for each one. You have is very specific. I pray that we would hear your voice. And that we would follow through with what you are asking of us. Even yet this morning. Prepare us to meet you together as one at your table. Move as only you can. We commit ourselves to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, I just read 1 Corinthians 13, right? So, who's getting married? Right? Isn't that the only time we uh, hear the love chapter read in, in church is at weddings? right? But it wasn't written for marriage. It was written for the church. For God's people, it was written for us. And while we've been talking about the number one command to love the Lord our God with all that we've got in a passionate pursuit of His presence... We can end up thinking that Christianity is all about just me and God, and that's all that matters, and that is wrong. And the second command is like the first, in fact, in so many ways, like the first, to love one another. If we do not have love for one another, we do not love God. Now, that kind of sounds like a very dramatic thing to say, but a pastor, but I didn't say it. First John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone whose loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. The level of our love for one another here in this place, uh, not just this place, but this people, the level of our love for one another is a reflection of, ...of the level of our love for God. Where are we at? The Corinthian church, we know where they were at. They, they they probably thought they had a really close relationship with God. You know, they were the Holy Spirit happening church, right? I mean, they, they were the ones, and I try to picture it, you know, what would it be like? You know, they probably had this worship that was just kind of off the charts... The gifts of the Spirit were just flowing everywhere. And there were probably miracles happening regularly there in Corinth at the Corinthian church. I mean, who doesn't want that? But they had a big problem. Because they may have thought that they were all that with God, but God didn't think they were so much. In fact, God thought they were nothing in what they were accomplishing. Because they were missing out on the main thing, love. Love for others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, even just verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries. You know, all the gifts happen. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith, that can move mountains. So miracles are happening, but have not love. I am nothing. In fact, they just didn't get it. So much so that Paul in his next letter to them in Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 20 had to hammer it home once again when he says, For I am afraid that when I come I may not find you as I want and you to be and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there will be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance and disorder. And yet all those could have been changed with just one thing. They needed To let love loose among them. Now maybe we don't see ourselves here as as like the Corinthian church. But there were a lot of churches back then. And not all of them were like Corinth. In fact the Thessalonians. uh, Paul talked about them. They were a model for the churches all around them. Because they excelled in, in a number of things. But one of the main things that the Thessalonians excelled at was love. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other and, in fact, do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. They weren't hiding their love in any sense of the word. They, they were out there with it. And... For I can see for us here at OCCA, there are times we're not hiding and haven't been hiding our love for one another. And you think about everything that the church has gone through in times past. It's not been easy. And no matter where you're at, no matter how you may have felt about this or that, you stuck together. You stayed committed to one another. Not to a person, not to a program, not to an organization, but to a family of God. Maybe you never thought about it, but as you pressed into love with one another, you were able to keep pressing on. But here's the thing that can happen over time as we go through tough times. Our love can end up, when you go through those tough times, our love can end up getting a little tough you know the center of our love is solid you know it's solid for one another but it can start to become a little frayed on the edges It can start to unravel a little bit and if you're honest maybe you can see that happening in your own heart You still have a solid form of love for one another, but it needs to be more. It needs to get back, not to what it was, but it needs to get back to what 1 Corinthians 13 is saying. Love is patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, not proud, not rude, not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always trusts, always, always protects, always hopes, always perseveres. That is when love never fails. So maybe while we're not hiding our love, is there a sense that we're holding back our love? Uh, When you walk through the fire and the flood sometimes, uh, at least for some, we can kind of be like turtles at times and just kind of retreat our head just a little bit back in. You know, there's a lot. I mean, I'm okay, but I'm not saying I'm having a problem, but maybe I don't know what's going on. And so you just kind of just pull it in just a little bit. Not out there like you were before. Without realizing it. Holding on to things just a little tighter to our chest. Not sensing the freedom to kind of put it out there. And perhaps even a little afraid that we might get hurt. Family, it is time to stop holding back. To stop living in the past. And start moving forward in all that God wants us to become. And that begins with letting love loose. Not only to repair the edges, but to go on to greater heights and greater depths. To say that we need more love here as a church is not a negative. Because I remember I just mentioned about Thessalonians here. That's something that's positive, but I I don't know if you happen to check your Bibles or you're following through this. You notice I didn't finish the sentence. It's kind of got the dot, dot, dot there, right? Right because there's more. In fact, what it says is yet we urge you brothers and sisters to do so more and more. What? Think about it. You guys are great at love, man. You got it down. You are better. You're a model to everybody. But here's the thing. You need more. You need to do it more. You need a greater, a greater heights, greater depths, greater everything. So even if you've got it, there is more. There is a greater love that God is calling us to today. To not settle for a love that is good enough, but something more. To let loose. I mean, I, I haven't been here that long, but I think no matter where I would go, it is safe to assume that we have not arrived at the very top of the love that we could have for one another. Anybody Anybody there? Are you with are you with me? Do you agree? We're not there yet You know why we are not there yet Because each of us me are not there yet, right? That's always where we're going for more To let love lose in that way How do we do that? There's three different ways we're going to look at this morning and we'll talk about how we do that Let's show more love through our words What and how we say things influence whether people get that the love of Christ is coming from us. We can talk about the love of Jesus all we want, but what are the other words that are coming out of the other side of our mouth? Are the words consistent with the love of Jesus that we should have for one another, or do they conflict with a love that is patient, kind, Not easily angered, not keeping record of wrongs, protecting, trusting, persevering. What are those words? I'll give you an example uh, that throughout the years of uh, there's different people, and and I'm going to focus in on one, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't go across, but different people who never say a bad word about a person or a program about the church when they're in the church you know with the church so to speak and, and there's one particular thing that it just kind of is it is an amazing thing that sometimes i see happen with uh and this can happen with anybody but it can happen with spiritually single women and you know who i'm talking about i'm talking about those women whose husbands don't want anything to do with god don't want anything to do with christ or christians or church or anything like that and so in so many ways even though they're married spiritually they're single now as i share this example this is not there are many different reasons why someone is spiritually single and it's not just this; it's not what this is about. But this is one of those things, one of those ways. And not everybody who's spiritually single is this their life. But I'm amazed that every church I go to, I meet these people. This this lady right here. Uh, you see, she 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 does not push the whole thing of Christian stuff on her husband because. She realizes it doesn't work. Uh, it's not helping things. And and so um, she gives up trying to invite her husband to spiritual things. It just seems like his resistance over the years has just gotten stronger. He's gotten stronger and stronger against the whole whatever. I mean, even coming to some fellowship thing at a church. Well, not any part of it. And, and so I want you to picture the scene. Here's what takes place. is on a Sunday morning. She gets up. And she heads off to church by herself. And she does that without grumbling about it or making little comments or somehow making her husband feel guilty that she's going off on her own. She heads out, and and that's all good. And then uh, she comes home. She comes back after after church, and like a good wife, out of a love for her husband, she puts on this big Sunday dinner on the table, even though he's just been sitting at home doing his own thing, you know, right? Not, Not doing necessarily much of anything, but she comes home puts this whole dinner on for him. And it's great, except for one thing. Every Sunday, she serves the same meal. Now, I don't know if you can think of what the menu would be, but the same meal. This is the menu. Roast pastor, embroiled leaders, fricasseed Sunday school teachers, not to mention grumbling about Gertrude or whoever it was that didn't say what they should have said to her or said something they should never have said, along with a generous, generous sprinkling of some negative complaining gossip about other people and programs of the church. And while she's talking, she turns to her husband, just kind of casually as this is all just going on, and saying, so, how's the meat, dear? And he's thinking to himself, there's some things about this meal that are a little hard to chew. Are you with me? Now, to be fair, she's kind of negative and critical about a lot of people and things. But nonetheless, what do you think the opinion of her husband is about Christians, about Christianity? Do you think that he can identify with Jesus' words in the negative? In John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, where Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another... By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Does that husband know Christians by their love? When the only exposure he has is through the eyes of his wife, who constantly is not conveying love, but just the opposite. Love is there. She really loves some of those people of the church. They really love her, but he never hears that. And there is no way that he wants to go with her to this messed up place called church and hear about, obviously, some God that has no meaning and nothing about love. But if the wife would have communicated a more realistic picture Positive, not, not whitewashing it, but positive picture in the husband's eyes to show that First Corinthians kind of love that assumes. So think about it. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is all that. That assumes that people are messed up, that they are not perfect, right? You wouldn't have to say Your love has to be patient. If we were all just lovely, you know, if we were all just good. This love assumes that we are not perfect. then she could show that love and he could hear that and maybe that that would allow as those times together that each he might actually become thirsty and hungry for something by the way this is also a great way to poison young children and youth towards church and christians And ultimately, Christ, we think it's not because we don't talk about Jesus that way in front of our kids and our youth. But you know what? They just put those all together. And that's why we don't see them. Many times, letting more love loose is simply a matter of letting more words of love loose. Out of our mouths. Not assuming that people know that I love them, but saying it. And not just literally saying it, but saying it in different ways. For example, just through caring words, by asking how someone is doing, so to speak. Have you ever ever found an occasion where you found out about a need or a concern? Maybe not directly from the person. Maybe you just kind of noticed it or you heard something was said. You, You heard about a need in somebody's life and you felt bad for them. That's good, right? But that's not love. You heard about it, but and you felt bad. So, but so you thought, you know, that's not love. So, what I need to, I need to drop them a note. I need to send them a card. I, I need to uh, maybe an email or a text, or I should just call them. No, no, I should just drive over there and and see them. That's what I should do. And and, and then something happens. You get sidetracked. Uh, perhaps you tried calling and they they weren't there. They didn't answer, and, and you weren't sure whether to leave a message, and and, and so. You just end up forgetting because life moves on. You somehow... You, you, you had all these good intentions. But here's what I would like to submit for you today. Because I mean, obviously I didn't say anything about good intentions. You know how those are not love. But that's not really the point. Here's what I think we don't realize. Is that sometimes these good intentions that we have... Or we're thinking somebody else... Somebody comes to our thoughts... It's not just our brain thinking about it, but rather a Holy Spirit invention that he is putting within us towards someone else. And so when we forget about it, when we ignore that person. We are ignoring what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. You didn't just think of that or happen to hear that on your own. But if you are truly following after Christ. That person that you're thinking of. In fact that person that some of you are thinking of right now. Is the spirit of God putting that within you. So let love loose. Let it loose. Now I I imagine that there are some of you who had those loving words on the tip of your tongue you were you were heading towards that person you were ready to go to that person and, and just uh, let those words of love flow when suddenly they turn on you they get all mean they get gruff they they're critical they're angry they're nasty they're having a really bad day and it looks like they're trying to come at you or they're nagging you anybody have that happen Like i was going to do something really nice and something you know Somebody said, they did think, and you know what? I lost that love and feeling. Whoa. That love and feeling. It is gone, gone, gone. Whoa. Right? We're just like, no, 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 no. If you're going to be like that to me, forget it. And it's amazing sometimes how often and how little it takes for us to lose that love and feeling and the problem is that's the problem love is not a feeling if we truly have the love that god wants for one another it is a decision it is a commitment it is not something that you just lose when you think about jesus He had an unconditional love that did not change with the wind of someone else's bad behavior. Let's not live by the rusty rule. You know what the rusty rule is, right? It's kind of similar to the golden rule. The rusty rule is, you've heard it, you just didn't know it was called the rusty rule. Do unto others as they do unto you. That's how we act sometimes. We know we should love them, but you know what? It's not that I don't like them. It's not that I don't love them. I'm not going to say anything. First Peter 3, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, become passionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Let love loose by what our lips say and don't let anything get in the way. And hopefully we realize that it's not enough, though, just to use the right words. If we do not have the right attitude, we are only a clanging cymbal making a bunch of noise. Right here, verse 1 of chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So it's not just about our good intentions, it's about our heart. Let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we're loving just because we keep our impatient, selfish anger inside. Let's not have a false pride that says, Hey, I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say what I was thinking. What I shouldn't have been saying to begin with, but I didn't say that. And somehow think we're loving. Love is inside and out. Love is not just not saying something that you shouldn't say on the outside. It's about something on the inside. I mean, really, the way some people talk. Can you imagine if we really just followed that through? They would come up to you and say, you know what? I just want you to know. And and I hope this, by the way, we're going to practice this a little bit. So do not follow this example. Uh, somebody comes up to you and says, man, if you really knew how much I loved you, I I wish I could really just be able to tell you how much I love you. If you knew how many times I had to bite my lip and not tell you off, you would realize how much I really love you, man. That's not love. Certainly not all of what love is supposed to be. You know? Can you imagine? Wow, man! Thank you for loving me enough not to rip my face off. <laughs> okay, really. Love is not just about zipping our lip; it is about unlocking our mouth to say the words that need to be said. I encourage you to. Uh, we're not going to look at it this morning, but I think I have it there in the notes: of Ephesians chapter four, verses twenty-nine through verses five, or chapter five that is for some people would be a good section to memorize i didn't put that down there this day or the ones to keep in mind but one of the reasons that we get together on sunday morning is not merely for worship and the word it is to love one another hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 you've probably heard it before as it talks about you know not giving up meeting together let us consider though How we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. That sense of getting together with one another is more so than worship and word, is how we interact and encourage one another. How we show and let love loose. To speak those words is something that we'll have the opportunity this morning to do. It's something that can happen sometimes more naturally and even at deeper levels in small groups. If you're not part of a small group, you'd like to be one. You know, speak to myself, one of the leaders, about being a part of that. That's something that can happen in the the new four-by-fours that are starting this month. As couples, four couples get together once a month for four months... It can be in other fellowship times that we have or in ministry groups. Let love loose. Don't just get together. Like I said this morning, during the bread portion of communion, we're going to do it a little different than you've done it before. It's not something we're going to do every every time we do communion. But that is in a way that we will share our bread with someone else who is here, maybe a number of someone else's and communicate our love one to another it'll be an active kind of thing so let the holy spirit even now if he hasn't already prompted you who here and it may be a family member but beyond that others who here you need to show love to through your words even if it's as simple as you know what god really loves you and i really do too Let's show them more love through our words. Let's show them more love through our works. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18-19. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest at His presence. We're told not just to love with words, but to love with works. Because love works. It's good news and good deeds, both. Love works. But love needs to work for everyone, not just for those that we feel close to or not just for those who are part of a clique or a gang that we hang out with. And here's the interesting thing about this, as you think about churches and love. In all my years, I have never heard of a church who would say or even put outside on their, their church welcome or witness sign that's outside. I would never hear, hear, hear anybody say, come. And visit with us this Sunday morning. We are the unloving church. And we're not very friendly either. Ever see that on a church sign? Yeah. Nobody really thinks of them. So there's nobody that really, uh, very few. There's some, well, we might have an issue here or there. But they really don't see that. But we know it's true. In fact, I came to find that's true uh, a couple years ago went i was off and was visiting a church and this by myself the family was someplace else and i went to another church uh by myself i as i got to that church the parking lot was full before the service i got there early uh i before the service and so as i'm enter in the the lobby was just packed with people lively conversations it was just loud people were smiling people were happy it was happening place i mean it was really a lot of good stuff except no one said anything to me and so as i kind of weaved my way through the different groups i was looking because i had traveled a long ways i was looking for where they had hidden the restroom because as well they had nothing saying where anything was and uh, as a guest you got no clue and so even for me, it was an uncomfortable experience. But it only got better as I went into the sanctuary then, as I went into their, their worship center. And there they were. And you know what was there? Again, people and groups gathered together just laughing and having fun and, and just enjoying the time. And, and not a soul said anything to me. All the while, they're there probably thinking, We are such a friendly church. Look at the love that we have. Yeah, as they stood there in their groups of us four and no more, look at the love that we have. In fact, I just went to a, I think they had pews, I'm not sure, but I went and sat down, and there was another couple behind me, a young couple. They didn't say anything to me either. Well, to be fair, uh, I came to find out afterwards as I was talking with a pastor that that young couple behind me were the only other visitors, only other guests there that morning. <laughs> and and I, I can't tell you how many times throughout the years, this is kind of a crazy thing if you are a guest here in any way, is that the guests for some reason picked the same area to sit. And they're thinking, boy, that person isn't very friendly. Boy, that person isn't friendly, you know. And <laughs> neither of them are a part of the church, but nonetheless, so here we are sitting and I was talking with the pastor. And it, to me, it's not a big deal. It's not like that's the church I'm going to go to. I already know Christ and all that kind of thing. But to me, it was kind of like, okay. But to that young couple, you see what we came to find. What I came to find out. What he, as he did talk to him afterwards is that young couple was the first person from the thousands and thousands of apartment complexes right next door to the church. Literally new, right next door to the church. Thousands of people. They were the first people to ever come from that and visit that church. And guess what? They will probably be the last people to come to that church in a long time as well. I don't know whether they... Apparently they would need to know Christ, come to know that Christ Jesus loves them through the music and through the message. But what about His people? They will know we are Christians by our love. I really want to encourage us to recognize that this love for one another, and and some of you have certain people that you are so tight with throughout the years, but to recognize that love needs to be let loose beyond even that. And we see somebody you don't know to just go up and say, Hey, have I, have, have we met before? My, my memory might not be good. Have we met before? You know, you don't have to. You say, oh, I don't know. They might not be new. Because you go up to them and say, Are you new here? Well, I've been here for 14 years. You know, Uh you know, no, and that, that can happen, but just, you know, new. No. In fact, that's part of the, we want to do some new things as we welcome those and show the love of Christ to those who might come in here. That's why we need more being involved in a uh, an official welcome team, even beyond that, a connections team. There'll be some things we'll do. Uh, the whole sign thing is going to happen around here along with some gifts that we would give the guests. But understand that each and every one of us here today If you are a believer in Christ, you are the welcome team as well, right? You are the welcome team, not just for our church. You are the welcome team for Jesus. You have his love and they need it. That is the way it is all across this world. To understand that. I know people, I hear people say, well, I don't want to overwhelm them. I know the person, and and I can understand that. But how would we rather have somebody leave here? Would you rather have somebody leave here saying, that church was not real loving? Or, man, that church was a little over the top in the love. Which one? Because the reality is Jesus is a little over the top in his love. For me, how about for you? You know, there are ways that love can work. It's not just about our words. It's work that we go and just to smile at somebody, just to recognize, just to uh, to be there with them. And not just in that, but in so many other ways. There are ways that as a church, other ways that we have and can do this, including the uh, sharing a brother's burden, uh, men's ministry to those in need with physical needs or projects that are unable to take care of uh Certain things, maybe the skill or other reasons to show love through our works, uh, to show love in our works and what we're doing. And, and if you don't know, Eric is the one that's in charge of that. Eric, you're over there. Wave your hands. All right. Uh, not only to be a part of that, but uh, if you know of a need uh, to just uh, speak with Eric or, or any of us, but Eric's the, Eric's the man. So uh, encourage you as it goes with that. There are are special events, there's opportunities happening at various times throughout where we can can connect with one another uh, together as God's family to connect in some way uh, that goes not just to words but to works that we can do with one another. It's these times of real fellowship even that we have with one another. Maybe there's certain things that we're doing. You think, well, I'm not really that interested in that. That's not something I'm really interested in. I get that. And I also get that you can't be with God's people all the time, even though in the, Old, in the New Testament in Acts it says they met daily. Uh, nonetheless, I, I gather we can't do that. But sometimes we make decisions about things going on based on whether that's something for me, whether it's something I'm interested in. How about we let love loose? And even go to something that maybe I'm not really that interested in that, but you know what I am interested in? I'm interested in showing my family love through my words and my works by just being there. How about that? Because in that, when we get together and do this, we are developing our witness to the world that will know we are Christians by our love. Don't push away those attempts that are to pull us together. The fact is, the fate... Of those who are out there. At least to some extent is dependent. On the love that is in here. Now we don't talk like that. We don't like to think like that. Instead we like to think well we need to have a program. We need to do this. And we need to have this thing happening. And this is what we need to do. And I'm not saying that we don't. Because you got to do something. But the point is. That fate of those out there. Receiving God's love, Jesus says, is dependent on the love that is in here. We need to realize that successfully reaching out in love to our community only happens when we successfully reach out in love to our own family of faith. Let's show more love through our works. Let's show more love through our will. I imagine there are those... It could be those here, or there often are, who just don't want anything to do with showing love to one another. For any numerous reasons, some just purely unbiblical reasons, they think that church is just about sing two songs maybe and hear a message from a live preacher. So, But when you read even the very word church, it's not about that about those people assembled together in his name but the reality is there are some that just don't want much to do with this whole letting love loose because you had a bad experience and i'm sorry that happened to you but it doesn't change the fact that we are commanded to love one another just because we got hurt does not give us a special pass on the primary purpose of what a Christian is. I understand. Sometimes we don't trust people. And unfortunately, sometimes it's Christians we don't trust. But that is a decision of your will that you make to not trust. Just like to love a love that always trusts is a decision of our will. 1 John four eighteen says perfect love casts out fear. Do not hold back, do not hide back, because in many ways of fear, fear of what happened, and fear of what may happen. C. S. Lewis writes this To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The alternative to tragedy, or at least to the risk of tragedy, is damnation. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers and perturbations of love is hell. I believe that the most lawless and inordinate loves are less contrary to God's will than the self-invited, self-protective lovelessness. It is like hiding the talent in a napkin, and for the same reason I knew the... Were a hard man. Christ did not teach and suffer that we might become, even in the natural loves, more careful of our own happiness. If a man is not uncalculating towards the earthly beloveds whom he has seen, he is the more likely to be so towards God whom he has not. We shall draw nearer to God, not by trying to avoid the sufferings inherent in all loves, but by accepting them and offering them to him, throwing away all defensive armor. If our hearts need to be broken and he chooses this as the way in which it should break, so be it. We need to make that decision to let the walls come down. To stop holding back. And to let love loose. Loose. Not just with words and works, but understand it must be our heart. It must be our will that makes this choice. Otherwise, we're just a clanging cymbal, making noise. Now, here's the thing. As we the, ready to close here, everything that I've said to you, You know is true but you may be thinking i don't think i can do it and you are right you can't it is an impossible love next week we're going to talk about something even more impossible you say how can i love like god i'm only human that's right apart from me jesus says you can do nothing but here's the thing first john four tells us god is love And where does that God who is love reside? In me, in you. The God of the universe who is love is in you. And here's the good news, because that love, as Romans 5, 5 says, God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He's poured out his love through the Holy Spirit. Stop constricting the pouring of His love into your life. Let it loose. Let it come. We are rooted and established in love. Ephesians 3 tells us, what is impossible for us is not impossible for God. Let the Holy Spirit who brings with Him the fruit of the Spirit, whose root is love, fill you. Remember those Thessalonians I mentioned that are the model to be like. In 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12, it says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. You hear what it's saying? May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and everyone else. Lord, may you make your love, make your love increase and, And overflow for each other and everyone else. Just as we love, may it be more and more. So here's what we're going to do as we come before communion. Oftentimes, uh, communion back in those days, in the Bible times, uh, there was a name they had for these get-togethers called love feasts. A love feast. And it wasn't just about a love for God, it was a love for one another. It was recognizing that not just His body, but that we are His body. And that as they gathered together, it was not necessarily always in the sense of, okay, let's just pass this and do this, and it's all individual like we do in America. But rather they recognized the connection one to another. And so in in just a few minutes, what's going to happen is the elders are each going to have some bread uh one's going to be over here one of us is going to be over there and one will be right in the back and what after we've had some time of reflection i'll talk about that in a moment but what i want you to do is to and you've come forward for the bread before but this time as you come forward and you take a piece of this bread that you would take enough for you and someone else for you and at least one other person you can always come back for more but you would take enough for you and one other person. It may just be for uh, the person you came with. But I really want to encourage you to just stretch yourself this morning and let love loose. And to be for someone maybe that's not just sitting beside you, but somebody else. Maybe there's somebody that you haven't said much to in a while or never said anything to. Maybe it's somebody that maybe things weren't as 1 Corinthians 13 between the two of you as they should be. And just walk up and share that with them. You can speak, just say, God loves you and I love you. You can say something more, something that God's put on your heart to encourage them. So the bread part will take a little bit longer than normal. There'll just be some music playing, and then we'll go to the cup where we'll be seated, and those cups will be passed from there. But here's what we need to do first. The reality is, I've been talking, hopefully you've been listening but We really need god to settle this and for us to be ready. We know that communion is open to all who call upon the name of the lord jesus But a man ought to examine himself first And so how many of you got this you got your little? Uh, hopefully you got one of these packets So you have one of these packets not only because we're going to be grabbing bread and handing it passing that with one another But you got one of these to symbolically realize that when we come to communion, a man needs to examine himself in the sense, come clean before God. And he will make you clean. That we need to recognize, God, Holy Spirit, show me. Not not picking yourself apart, but Holy Spirit, show me what is an area in my life that I need to ask you not only to forgive me, but I need to turn from and start walking towards you in. So we're going to play some music in this time and just silently to be still before the Lord. That each of you might listen to his voice. And even in that, maybe his voice would say, here's who I want you to go and share your bread with. And then after you've done that, in just a few minutes, and it may be that you, you will be quicker than others but in a few minutes that you would just open up this packet and that you would use it to clean your hands with symbolically remembering right now if you have confessed your sin first John 1 8 9 if you have confessed your sin he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness to know that before Jesus you are clean. So let's take some moment. Let's play the music. And uh, just take some silent time. And then I will um, call the elders up. And we will go into our different places.